let's get started. All right, let's do it. Hey, everyone. I'm Hallie. And I'm Iman. Welcome back to Talk Too Much. Thank you all so much for tuning into our last episode. We were so pleasantly overwhelmed with the amount of support you received and are super excited to be able to make more content for you guys. In today's episode, we will be tackling the subject of implicit bias. And I'd like to begin by reading an excerpt from a book I've been reading called An Introduction to Implicit Bias. Quote, why do we do what we do? What makes humans tick? We often like to think that our actions are shaped by our choices, and our choices are mostly shaped by careful and well-thought-out deliberations. However, research from the social and cognitive sciences suggests that a wide range of automatic habits and unintentional biases shape all aspects of social life. Imagine yourself walking through a grocery store. The smaller the floor tiles, the slower people tend to walk. The slower people walk, the more they buy. Hidden biases like this are well known to marketeers and consumer psychologists. What emerges throughout these chapters in the book are the complex ways that implicit bias connects to other issues. Return to an example of racial segregation in the United States. While institutional tools including federal law, the criminal justice system, and local police were consistently deployed throughout the 20th century to create and maintain residential segregation, One ought to ask why lawmakers, police, and many of the people whom they served supported white-only residential spaces in the first place. Who created these policies? And were they responsive to market pressures, if at all? Who pushed back against them? One could never get the whole story about why segregation succeeded for so long and persists even today, unless one talks about individuals' beliefs, desires, aversions, preferences, and so on. Segregation fed and was fed by biases, many of which were explicit prejudices, but most of which were subtler, a fact to which Martin Luther King Jr.'s criticisms of white moderates attest. Implicit bias is thus one piece of a complex puzzle. So the book is, again, called, if you want to read it yourself, um, we can have like a little book club thing. (laughs) Um, It's called An Introduction to Implicit Bias. It's... um, an incredible book and yeah I think it's a fine line between when implicit bias turns into explicit bias and there's a whole part of the book that covers um how it's just like a feeding ground it's kind of like what are those things called um like those in the movies in the whatever oh like a a a sleeper bunker or whatever (laughs) sleeper cell oh a sleeper cell okay but like before if it's not activated, it's very, like, it doesn't affect anything. So that's how I think of implicit bias, where Interesting. when given a voice and, like, made feel validated, say, like, the KKK or like, white supremacist groups that rally um, the Confederate flag, I'm being honest here, Trump supporters, mm-hmm. you know, when they're given kind of an assurance and like a validation to express their implicit biases explicitly that's when it becomes so incredibly dangerous yeah yeah but implicit biases is something that everybody has Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah i think that part of like the part of like the reason why it's difficult for some people to admit 
that they have implicit bias or implicit bias or like reflect on like the ways in which they display implicit bias in terms of like rate race is because there's like this idea that you being racially biased makes you racist where I think the analogy that comes in with the store tiles where it's like you don't realize that they make you walk slower but they do and it's like you don't realize that the neighborhood you grew up in the people you grew up around conditioned you socially to display these types of biases like it's not necessarily your doing like you actively having Mm -hmm. a bias or prejudice towards a certain group of people but rather you as a product of your surroundings mm-hmm. and the society you grew up in. I think that's why that analogy is so powerful in that aspect. And like, if we can understand that implicit bias is more about us, our thoughts and behavior as a result of the, in our surrounding environment, as opposed to things we're actively trying to do, then that'll make it easier for us to accept that we all display implicit bias and discuss it and move forward in a way or we can try to eliminate it in practices in like ways that harm other like groups of people. No, yeah, I think that was very well said. Um, so we kind of tried to do that. Mm-hmm, we um, did. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up taking the implicit bias test, um, which I think is like pretty well known. Yeah, it's a Harvard test. They had small, they had so many ones for like gender bias, you know, um, what sexual, sexual references religion yeah. stuff like that and like we decided to take the the color the skin color one right yeah. yeah and it asks um oh also for the test we'll make a post on our instagram with the link for you all to take it too because it's a good thing to take because yeah <laughs> for sure it takes about like what maybe 10 yeah, minutes 10 minutes yeah I'd um say. it's basically like a little computer game mm-hmm. but it kind of exposes you in a way that you don't really um expect yeah especially we both took it well let's go let, we... first let's talk about like the different um results you can get you can either receive that you had a slight moderate strong preference for light-skinned people over dark or dark-skinned people or you could get no preference so and when we both took this test um <laughs> mine was no preference even though, if I'm being honest, I thought I would get maybe, like, preference of dark skin people, but <laughs> I, my was, during the IAT test you just completed, your responses suggested no automatic preference between dark-skinned people and light-skinned people. Yeah. Um, I guess... <laughs> I guess it's my turn. So, mine also was kind of a... It's a surprise. So, I got... During the IAT test you just completed, your responses suggested a strong automatic preference for light-skinned people over dark-skinned people, which is, like, kind of, which definitely it's, it's a hard me. pill to swallow, was, you know? Yeah, and I honestly didn't even want to include this in the episode because it makes me feel like I'm a terrible person. But I think, I guess... Like, when I was reflecting on, I, you know, because consciously, I don't think I I don't have a preference. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, I guess me being a, like a light, a light skinned black person, you know, in certain times when I'm with like other skinned black people, I've had experiences <laughs> where I'm, you know, been called the spoiled light skinned or, you know, teased or, or 
kind of just felt like an outsider I guess and I guess I think white people are white people are never gonna say to your face like I'm excluding you because of the color of your skin you know what I mean like do you understand what I'm saying yeah that because I think there's an experience between like colorism yeah and, like racism uh, racism like True. blatant racism True. where like I think it'd be and it's something that as a as a black community we need to talk about more yeah definitely um where if you're light skin and you kind of try to integrate yourself into a group of black kids where most are dark skin, mm-hmm. there's always you're kind of a little bit the odd one out yeah. at some point. And it's much more right to your face. Like yeah. you're light skin, like fuck off or something. Sorry, exactly. I don't think I'm allowed to curse. The- Whoops. Sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, yeah. Yeah, so I I think I I don't know. This is just me speculating why subconsciously maybe because like I said, like I've never been told by a group. I've never gone up to a group of white people and been told like, oh my gosh, like you're <laughs> get away. You're the the black girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Can you imagine? Like no one's gonna say. I mean, in this day and age or where I live, no one's gonna say that. <laughs> but like, here's the thing: it's not uncommon being like oh little light-skinned girl go back to private school like you know what I mean like so Mm -hmm. like that's happened before like more so I guess I so I guess for me like I guess the colorism I experienced maybe would lead to something like that so you know which I think is very interesting something I wouldn't have reflected on had I not taken this test and learned that and and you were telling me I think at a different point, you were sharing a story about when you moved to this area and like finding your friends. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. This is one thing that um, I, I think it kind of relates. This to does, that. yeah. The, I guess the sense of like colorism and like Im- you know, implicit bias against. Okay, so basically, when I you know I first moved, I moved junior year to a new high school. I didn't know anyone. And so I kind of just my strategy make friends like the first day during lunch. I've like found a group of girls that seemed like nice and fun and cool that seemed like I could be friends with. I um and I just kind of like went up to them and was like, hey, I'm Hallie. I just moved here from Phoenix. Can I stay with you guys? <laughs> Which sounds like kind of weird, but like, you know, I had to do what I had to do. You know, you just pretty kinda... normal. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, the it, it wasn't that weird because like they were like, sure, yeah, yeah whatever. We started a conversation. Yeah in light of all of this and like the different things I've read on colorism and like especially one thing like that I've like interesting like how people perceive like black people's hair and like you know certain aspects of black cultures like oh like my hair naturally is seen as unprofessional like how can that even be possible like how that race as that like yeah but anyway so like in light of that I started to think I was saying what if I just looked a little differently and I had gone up to because my friend group is predominantly white um I'm the only I'm the only black pretty homogenous or yeah like definitely definitely homogenous even you know and so um you know I you know I was only one with any like sort any like African-American descent you know and so I um I was I asked I had to ask myself like if I was just a few shades darker, 
you know, mm-hmm. if if I had my hair in in box braids as opposed to like straightened the middle part down the center, like yeah. if I, you know, if yeah. I wasn't dressed the way, you know, like my Converse and like my Abercrombie and Fitch jeans, like you know what I mean, like if yeah, for if sure, I if you looked a little differently, same me, would I have been received as openly? Like you know what I mean? I because I I had no, you know, I. I didn't feel any way that like I didn't fit in or anything like that but I and I was never made to feel that way by my friends but I think a lot about that sometimes because it's like because you know while me and the me you is a few shades darker are both Mm -hmm. like black people you know what I mean yeah the color of your skin like the shade definitely has to do with for sure because um and and I I totally I totally understand that and also, like, my sister is light-skinned. Like, mm-hmm. she's very, very, very light. Mm-hmm. And it's not something she likes to talk about openly because she's made to feel, I wouldn't say ashamed, but kind of isolated in that. Where yeah. she I, – I, that's a whole other experience. But she is just as Ethiopian, as Black, mm-hmm. as, as anybody else. Yeah. But just because her skin color is – light she's been treated differently Mm -hmm. and I think that's interesting to say like if she was the instead of being the lightest person in the family what would happen if she was the darkest yeah you know yeah and I I I completely different experience my sister she's a completely different skin tone I'm the I'm you know the lightest person in my family and she's the darkest so like my immediate family and so Mm -hmm. and I mean we're all light True. Like that's that, the crazy that thing. Like yeah. we're all very, very light skinned. Yeah. Like, but what I was gonna say was that you know Hallie got you have a strong, strong preference, preference. Mm-hmm. for uh, you. She she strongly prefers light skinned people over dark skinned people. Mm-hmm. And again, when we were taking it and we got our results, I, I was kind of shocked at her results. She was shocked at her results. <laughs> we were both like I was so like embarrassed and ashamed. <laughs> Yeah, right? And and those are valid feelings, yeah. but you can't and I think this is the part um this is this is the learning point. Mm-hmm. When you are faced with your own biases and your own racist implications, mm-hmm. is that even a right term? I don't know. Um yeah. when you're kind of faced racist with racist tendencies with, or behaviors. Yeah. And you're forced to look at yourself and reflect on things that you you're not so proud of you can't turn away from them and you can't ignore them and you can't dilute them you have to be able to step up to the plate and say hey I acknowledge that these are my tendencies and whatever role I might have had in you know cultivating them I'm gonna work to better myself I'm gonna learn to educate myself I'm gonna move forward from this and you Instead of being ashamed, I mean, be ashamed for a moment mm-hmm. if you feel like it. But that's that's not the main feeling you should feel. You should kind of be able to grow, yeah. right? Like, from this point, now she knows. Like, now she oh, knows, know. damn, I prefer light-skinned people over dark-skinned people. And I, I never, ever thought that would be true for me, especially yeah. as a person of color. Like, Definitely. right? Yeah. I'm supposed to have no preference. I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make right? sense. It doesn't make sense, but but as soon as you're faced with it, you have to start working from that mm-hmm. point. On. And yeah, and I think like 
when like what I was saying like I mean part of me has to recognize that in a way I mean it's it's not my fault in a way like I you, I, you know when you, when I think about where I grew up I always had grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood I always went to predominantly white schools yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. to a predominantly white college <laughs> and like oh god yeah don't, ask, don't get us started on that one <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and like when and you know, when I think about and then you think about media that like you consume. One thing that I really found interesting I saw like on Instagram and it was like Yeah. It was something about white privilege and it was like having like a book like your favorite character in your book like look like you and like I like think remember like as an avid reader in elementary school and like early middle school like I don't think I ever read a book with a black a, a black female protagonist I don't think I so genuinely either. do not remember at all like at all. I, I don't think so you, you know those fairy books that whole series what are they called the fair fairy books like the, uh, the fairies yeah oh I don't know anyways yeah. there's like a whole series with like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books and not one of and them they're all black. white yeah I mean maybe a couple of them are white even like American Girl dolls yeah and the one black one is the, the slave well, because they're historical, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Or, like, a descendant of a slave or, or somehow representing a culture inappropriately, whether that be Native American culture um, oh, yeah, or Asian Kaya. culture. Because Addie was the Girl, was I have slave. no idea. Did you not I've have never... American Girl dolls? Nope, okay, never. Well, my I mom did not. This. I actually My read... mom never got me American Girl dolls, Barbies, or whatever. And what? I think a part of it was just, like, she thought, like, yeah, I couldn't see myself in them. Oh, well, you're so, like, way more. She, she just never bought them that's for me. That's interesting. That was like I don't even. She just gave me books. What? I, that's all that's I did. Good. Well, American as someone who were dolls were me and my little sisters everything. Like we both com- collectively had four American Girl dolls. Oh, actually, my sister's just mm-hmm. like me doll was was um was black or like, you know, mixed or like light skinned or whatever. So, yeah, but aside, like when you think about like the the the, you know, classic dolls that we got, they were all had blonde hair and blue eyes. And I guess like you don't recognize it when you're that mm-hmm. age, but like it does have an impact on you. Like, you know, you've seen the you've seen like this, like Ted and stuff like with little kids, like they'll choose like the black girl will choose a white yeah. doll over like the doll that looks like her because it's just like you're conditioned to think that you know for sure and I think even today I I caught myself I what was I watching I don't I don't exactly remember what I was watching mm-hmm. I was watching West Wing mm-hmm. and I realized that all the main characters were white mm-hmm. and I was like why is there not one black person yeah and then I related that to Scandal, and I was like, okay, Carrie Washington's black, a couple of the other Mary- main characters are black as well. And it's it, it, the producer's black, is, right? I don't know. She's, like, famous. I think she also, like, directed um, How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, yeah, with same Barbara person. Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the same person. Yeah. But I was thinking, like, what, like, how mind-boggling would it be if all main characters were black? Yeah. In a show as, like, like in a show about a presidency if all the main characters are black why is that so weird to think about yeah like if five main characters were black in the same exact show 
it's just it's I can't even uh-huh. fathom that being a reality. No, because even in my head, I'm like, okay, it needs to be three white people, two black people, so it can be palpable. Like people will be able to like mm. digest that TV show mm-hmm. and like relate to it, quote unquote. But like, why can't white people relate to black people the way that black people have been made to relate to white people in these shows? Amen. Like, what if that is like so what if we just true. flip the switch? Yeah. That is so, oh my god! And gosh, I think about right. that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, like, I saw a quote, like, recently on someone's, this, I'm definitely butchering it, but basically the gist of it was that Eurocentricity is, like, how Black people survived, like, for all these years. So mm. it's, like, the always, like, the first one, like, the first foot in the door was, like, just so, like, conforming to, like, you know, white America's standards, you know? And so... Sure. Like, oh, my gosh, that's just like totally that totally makes you think. And then even so, my mom was like pointing out, you know, as someone who worked in corporate America, she was saying you see a team with, you know, all white people. And that's just like you don't even you don't even like look blink. Yeah, like blink. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then but if like there's a, a black person who's like a supervisor, they'll have a team of all white people instead of having a team of all black people because if it's a black supervisor with a team of all black people like that's weird like people won't take them professionally seriously mm-hmm. and it's just like be, like some chitter chatter uh-huh, on the side you're just, you're just trying to bring up you know you're not or like you're like, trying to make a statement exactly or like this is like a whole social mm-hmm. whatever yeah no <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's everything but just normal is essentially what it ends yeah. up being yeah anything but exactly Okay, um, so again, we put the link for the implicit bias test in our bio, or we, mm, or we'll, we'll put post, it somewhere. Yeah, we'll we'll post it, it because our bio will be the, the podcast. Thing. Yeah. So, but um, and you should take it. You definitely should because then you can have a really uh in depth conversation with yourself. It might make you really hate yourself. Um, take it from no, my point of view, but you yourself. it'll make it'll you make you think. Yeah. And it's in private too, you know? So do what you gotta yeah, do. Yeah, unless you decide to make a podcast about it and, <laughs> and like tell everyone. <laughs> tell everyone. But you know, we all we all have these things. Anyway, for those of you who follow us on our Instagram, you may have seen the series of poll questions we posted a few days ago. Yes. So we kind of just wanted to like take like a break and like go through some of the questions like talk about why we chose them like what our thoughts are behind them and like kind of talk about some of the trends we noticed among their responses this is all anonymous by the way we're not like gonna call anyone out or anything like that all right so we kind of like we kind of wanted to kind of design these questions to help people recognize the kind of implicit bias they like display or like you know affect them in their daily lives so we sandwiched all our questions between the question we repeated do you believe you display implicit bias so the first thing we asked it like 80 percent of people said yes which i think is i think it's oh also very important to note we have a very specific audience and data pool so the responses like that we're receiving are like in no way representative of the general population or anything like that like it is yes. just it's such a minute like select group of people so and also most people who follow us are people who want to learn and like are more woke for lack of better <laughs> but you know what I mean like they will, no they yeah will totally to, we, it is it's not it's yeah. not um a national poll no. by any yeah. means so 
that's something to note. And I also think that because we can see names and we do know these people true, personally, true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I do think that some uh-huh. time, like one thing is some people voted on some questions and some people didn't vote on others, which wouldn't happen realistically. True. And like so a maybe, maybe in the future we'll poll. do like maybe in the future we'll do like a, a Google like survey thing, you know, because oh, so be anonymous. that's a great idea. If they're really trying to get some real mm-hmm. results. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think because it's just a simple question us explaining what went behind the phrasing of the question and mm. us even asking it, it might help to clarify where yeah, we were coming from definitely. when we were asking. So to begin, the first question, again, as Tally said, was, do you believe you display implicit bias? 87% said yes, and 13% said no. Yeah. And when I look at the demographics of those who said no, um, it's white or um, Southern Asian. People said no. Okay. And I think the yes, it was a mix of different ethnicities, completely different ethnicities, different genders. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I think that's interesting. That was kind of the initial thing. We also didn't provide a definition of implicit bias, which no. is something to know. Definitely. So given what people kind of already knew about it before heading to this poll is what they yeah. chose. It's not really much to talk about with this one. Yeah. Hallie, do you want to go for the next one? Yeah, okay. One? The next one is when you picture a doctor in your head, do they look and sound like you? So for me, it would be no. <laughs> for you, it was no. Yeah, for me, it was also – well, for me, I said yes because my dad is a doctor. So oh, like, okay. So, yeah, doctor, your first I, image my, of, is, mm-hmm. is my father. So, yes, yeah, he does look and sound like me because <laughs> I'm half of his um, – yeah, you look yeah. exactly like your dad. <laughs> no, I don't. Shut up. But when the majority of people who chose yes was actually every single one was white except for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which I think is fair to say. I don't think I've ever had a doctor who's not white personally. So really, I oh me neither personally. Like all my doctors. Yeah. Um, but that just might be because of the area we live in. But those who said no, that was definitely much more mixed. Mm-hmm. But I will say that those who are white but female yeah. ended up saying no more than those who were white, white and, male. and male. That is yeah. Yeah, definitely something to note because so. um, gender does also play an important, especially when we talk about occupations. Mm, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next question was, um, do you attribute an individual's attitude or appearance to their race? And I think this was probably the most vague and kind of like hard, difficult to see where we were coming from with that. So I don't know. Iman, do you want to talk about it? So uh, when we were drafting this question, we had to have the discussion of obviously whether we wanted to include it or not. Um, So what went behind this question was, you know, kind of that typical stereotype of a black woman being loud and obnoxious mm-hmm. or not wearing clothes that might be appropriate or mm-hmm. something like that yeah. of that nature. Um, and I think recently for me, an experience that I shared with my dad was that we were walking past a group in like a predominantly white neighborhood, obviously we live in. And it was just a group of like black men, 20 something years old. Mm-hmm. They were laughing, having a good time, like, uh, like having the time of their life. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. And I think people were kind of looking at them being like, oh, they're loud, they're being obnoxious, whatever. And I turned to my dad and I said, dad, like, what, what if those were just like 
white white men Mm -hmm. like what if that group was white men would people kind of excuse their behavior or in in relationship like or not in relationship but like paralleling that to their race yeah and since this is a group of black men do you think people are are thinking in their heads like oh that's just the way they are Mm -hmm. like that's just the way that those people act kind Mm -hmm. of so that's that sort of went into that question that little connection that people often make between you know those stereotypes of being loud obnoxious raunchy Mm -hmm. whatever with black people um even though kind of their actions are exactly the same as yeah anything any white a 20 year old white group would do yeah you know definitely very true or looked at even like a little differently so Mm -hmm. that's what went behind that question oh 34% said yes and 66 and no yeah so that question do you attribute an individual's attitude or appearance to their race yeah um the next one was do you assume the neighborhoods that have large numbers of people who look like you are good neighborhoods when you think of a good neighborhood what we were thinking of like low crime rates Mm -hmm. um, good good public school education something stuff like that um and you know one way you can think about it is, again, like people that look like you, you being white in a predominantly white neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, typically it'll be suburbia, yeah. decent yeah. schools, um, low crime rates is what people think of. And then if you're black and you think of, or for me, when I thought of people of my color, like predominantly black neighborhoods, mm-hmm. say like Anacostia or... Um, something like that people often think that those are bad neighborhoods and mm-hmm. that goes into a whole thing of like why these neighborhoods have crime rates yeah why, that's a whole other thing mm-hmm. not their fault at all yeah because we're not going to get into that mm-hmm. that's a whole other topic yeah. but i was on um black at bullis okay which is a private school in the potomac area I don't know if we're supposed to say, like, kind of yeah, the reason yeah. we live, but um, in the Potomac area, like, seven minutes away from my home, and some of my best friends go to Bullis, or went to Bullis, but they had a post, and it said that the bus that went into PG County, which is a predominantly Black oh my neighborhood, was the quote-unquote ghetto bus. All the white kids would That's refer to the ghetto bus. That's you said that, because I was reading and, Black at Holton. My sister goes mm-hmm. to Holton Arms, which is another school, which is in Bethesda. And really? they said the same exact thing. The PG Maybe County bus. Maybe it was Black at Holton. Oh, then that's Maybe wrong. it was Black at Holton, and a Bullis girl reposted it. Oh, okay. It was something like that. Yeah. But it was a private school. Mm-hmm. But the girl who reposted it said, some of y'all from Bullis need to really hear this. Mm-hmm. So I assume, assume it was the same, the same exact kind issue. of sentiment. Yeah. Um, so what it said was that the kids who came in from PG County, which first of all, is the most wealthy, um, rich black county Mm -hmm. in the entire United States and is extremely, extremely well populated with, um, affluent black folk Mm -hmm. and people who have, you know, incredible, opportunities but obviously yeah great careers whatever great careers whatever so first of all not true at all Mm -hmm. not the ghetto yeah and ghetto is not an appropriate word in any circumstance yeah but 
they were saying that the bus that went into that that county was termed the ghetto bus and kind of made me think about that as well just because the most of the kids on that bus were black people immediately attributed it to ghetto Mm. um and i think that's like something that happens a lot like when when you end up in a neighborhood like with your white friends or like on a school field trip and like you go through a black neighborhood people are Mm -hmm. like ah like i'm scared like they make gun noises like all of these incredibly disgusting stereotypes come up when it's simply just because the people are black Mm -hmm. when you see a group of maybe so what they're lower income but black men like just hanging out outside you wouldn't blink twice if that was a group of white men you know what i mean yeah and i think that's kind of what went behind this question Mm mm-hmm um another next question was oh okay this one was really interesting the way we set this up so the first one was do you feel uneasy oh do you feel uneasy when you see a group of all white people together and then the next one was do you feel uneasy when you see a group of all black people together and this one the results on this is the real kicker we had 79 percent of people say they they that they feel that they don't feel uneasy when they see white people and then we had 87 say they don't feel uneasy when they see a group of black people. That's <laughs> not true. And, I mean, I mean, we can't, we can't say it's not no, true, but I it definitely, definitely gave us pause. I definitely. Like, it gave me pause because if I and Hallie can openly admit mm-hmm. that if we see a group of black people together, like, there's some, there's something that happens in our mind yeah. that's different than a group of white people. There's something that's different. You just notice it differently in a different I way. I don't know why people refuse to admit it. Yeah. Because you have to admit mm-hmm. it. And I, and I say that people refuse to admit it because even the polling data, people just didn't answer the black one. Really? Oh, God, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, Ten people dropped that wow. question. So, like, if you jump from, do you feel uneasy when you see a group of white people and then... Our next question mm-hmm. after the black people, like almost ten people just didn't respond. Mm. Yeah, and I, that's, I, I mean, was like, uh, why? Because I mean, no, like we're asking those questions because we know the answer. Like it's not like we're not. We even like preface this like it's no judgment. We just need to like talk about. We need to recognize we have these these issues, you know, and, and talk about and them I, and yeah. like question why, you know. And I think that example that I gave a little bit, I mean, we're not coming for anybody. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe you don't. But take the implicit bias no, test and talk don't. to yourself, like, really face these things. No, especially because, especially, yeah, actually, maybe you don't. Because there are people who said that they feel uneasy when they see a group of white people, but not a group of black people, which is totally, tr- like, true for some people. You know what I mean? Like, you know? So it, we're I mean, not yeah. saying that you're, you, you, we're not trying to say, like, you lied or whatever. Anyway, the next question is do you often notice the racial demographic of the environment you are in? 80% say yes mm-hmm. and 20% said no, which I think is fair. It's it's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, have you, do you want to Yeah, share? I guess I can talk about it. Like, I think that one time, um, like, an uh, example, like, I did pre-professional ballet for a while, and it's a very mm-hmm. homogeneous world. You know, you know, you hear Misty Copeland, but that's pretty much just like the. the that's it. Yeah. She's the poster she's, child. She's the poster child. And but and it's it's like not something that like any of my ballet friends realized. I auditioned for um, a prestigious summer intensive and I did notice I was the only person of color in the in the studio. And like we go out and like 
my friends we were talking like oh do you think you did good oh she looked at me this way blah, blah, blah. And, and then I kind of re- told these were white friends by the way and then um I was like oh my god it's kind of weird though like there was like no other like people of color there and they're like oh my gosh you're right I didn't even notice that which is like mm-hmm. it's like I think that if you're in like a privileged position where like everywhere you go everyone looks like you then like you probably won't notice that you know it's like similar yeah it's 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 like it's fair like I'm not saying they're bad for not noticing it but I think that like oftentimes like people of color who like live in predominantly white areas who belong to predominantly white like communities um like you you oftentimes notice that like you're the only one in some it's definitely in some environments yeah whether that be like a store restaurant Mm -hmm. whatever I know that my family and I often like note Mm -hmm. you know the racial demographic and I think it's I guess it's true for most races yeah, I'd, um, yeah. <clears throat> I mean based on the the, the data but I will mm-hmm. say that every single person that said that they don't notice the racial demographic was in fact white yeah um so I think that's just another thing to Which point is, yeah and I think that's but totally again it was 80 20 so yeah no it, it, it yeah it makes sense the next question was when you think of athletic ability, do you also think of race? And 44% people said yes, and 56% of people say no. Um, and I think this is a very good question mm-hmm. to determine where you stand regarding implicit bias. Um, and obviously, when we talk about these things, there's always exceptions. There's always nuances. Yeah. These are just very generalized statements and very generalized um, opinions that just, when we ask these questions, we're just talking specifically about race, you know? Yeah. And I think Hallie can speak maybe more on this because she is, like, she's an athlete. Okay, yeah, I guess I can say, I mean, not definitely dance is an athletic art because, like I said, Thank I came from you. the ballet world. That's how I always like to describe it. I will go on the record saying ballet is harder than track. And I was top 10 in the States for track. So I will definitely say that. So anyway. um, Okay. So coming from. So I've always as a tall person who's like obviously is like black in them. I've always like been told, oh, do you play basketball? Oh, do you Mm. run track? Like stuff like that. I've always, you know. And for those of you, for those who know me, I'm very, very bad at basketball. But aside from that, I'm saying like, so my whole life, it was kind of like a big like F you to be able like, actually, I do classical ballet, you know? And like, Mm. so it was like, um, but then when I actually did start running track, like I did kind of feel like I fell into like that stereotype. One thing that I do, that I do get even from, from people who don't, from people who who do know me, it's fair to ask. But for people who don't know me, you know, when I say I'm going to to Dartmouth, you know, in Ivy League, they're like, oh, like, do you play a sport? Like, uh, do you play sports or something like that? That must be the only way you got into that. School. Yeah, which is like, yeah, yeah, that's like the the microaggression there. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one thing I kind of want to talk about, which is an experience that I think other like peers that I've gone through the recruiting process that have like my white peers that haven't had to like think about um wait just be clear she went through the recruiting process but she was not recruited yeah, no. to play track at Dartmouth yeah I was not recruited I was yeah I'm gonna explain that she got in because of academics. yeah I got in stars because of academics but because okay so I had a decision to make in the fall Dartmouth was my top choice academically but I was also offered a spot on Emory's track team one of like the 
things that kind of wanted me to, to to not go to school for track was because I know when I get there and it's like, oh, I'm the only black girl in my class and like I'm the girl on the sports team, they're going to assume I couldn't have gotten in by myself. Do you know what I mean? I totally and it's like it. and it's like something that like I from like my friends who are also like have been recruited or like are trying to get recruited like don't think about for me it was like it was like it, it wasn't just like this exciting opportunity it was also like well now I fall into the stereotype you know mm. and it's like even though I could have gotten into Emory on my own like no one will assume that you're just it's like, almost like demeaning yeah it almost like demeans you because you know like for the like for the rest of the time you're going to be like seen as the athlete who is recruited instead of like and, the yeah and I in. think these these kind of things feed off of each other where kids who are of color are given these athletic opportunities these athletic scholarships to like prestigious institutions mm-hmm. and then end up kind of feeding into their stereotype mm. and then it kind of just like perpetuates this whole cycle yeah and I think it's also prominent in media where like all American it's like seen as sports and football yeah. is the way out of the hood quote unquote that's like so, that's very true for these black students it's a and, to something that's institutionalized yeah. racism which I don't know which is a term that I use I like to use a lot which is very true it's like it's like something that people of color like the stereotype that they've been you know perceived to be or like the prejudices that they've experienced kind of get ingrained in them where they see themselves in a specific way whether it's like the Asian person assuming that I must be smart like I have to get good grades because that's my stereotype or the black person assuming like I have to be good at sports sports. and like like you said that the idea that like sports is the only way out of quote-unquote the hood like or like that's like the only that's like success to be successful as a black, as a black person, person is to be successful at a sport or like that's the way to achieve the same you know status as a, your your white counterpart yeah so that's just kind of something to note when we're talking about athletic ability mm-hmm. and relationship to race yeah um but the next question was when you think of intelligence do you also think of race mm-hmm. um and 33 percent said yes and 67 percent said no um so obviously the majority said no that one was pretty mixed and so was the yes was pretty mixed racial um racially wise Mm -hmm. but um again a pretty broad generalized question and the way that I kind of approached it was like if I see somebody who do I kind of assume is smart Mm -hmm. and to me embedded in my brain I think it might just be the high school we went to was like a lot of Asian a lot of, yeah way smart. more than like way yeah, more than than, than most schools anything yeah but that's just I, I think that's because of the school but also I I know that's an international stereotype yeah yeah that's Asian true students um and again individual experiences perpetuate a cycle where when we're Hallie and I are both I think I, I this isn't like meant to mean anything we're both pretty smart girls good. We're, we're we're good students we're both we're smart as frick let's just let's just we, we know <laughs> so okay. like we, we we can we can talk circles around people <laughs> and like actually know what we're saying sometimes oh, and God. other times we're like actual like oh that's true. like academically academically we're both pretty pretty good mm-hmm. we're going to incredible schools mm-hmm. really prestigious schools and when people kind of look at the schools that we're going to they dismiss it and they claim that it's because of our race Mm -hmm. or ethnicity and I know people might be like no that's not true but it is we hear things behind our Mm -hmm. backs we do 
And that's true for, like, most of the black kids that came out of our school. Yeah. Like, who I ended up going, mm-hmm. who ended up going to, like, good institutions. Yeah, it's, 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 like, one of those things where it's, like, when I'm, like, kind of similar when you're saying, do you attribute attitude or appearance to race? Do you attribute intelligence to race? Because for, for, like, us getting into the school, it's not, like, it's, it's, we're stripped from the congratulations you got into it by yourself to you got in because of affirmative action or they want diversity or mm. you know whatever like you only got in because you're black like do you, I you know and it's I just do such... I do remember I do remember in the beginning of um the college application process when everybody was talking it was kind of like oh how like what is your application going to look like and people would just be like oh oh you're a girl, you're black, you have a disability, you mm. um, have, like, a passion or whatever, which I guess isn't, like, degrading. No, that's, but yeah. being listed off as, like, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, mm-hmm. that, and, like, that is going to be the justification for you getting, getting into in. this school before somebody else, it really hurt me. Yeah, it And it hurt. really made me question, like, my own like it made me feel almost like okay it, like if I like do I do, do I, I not deserve, deserve it, it? do yeah. I not deserve this mm-hmm. do I like people don't see anything else but those things when it comes down to these like decisions as such as college mm-hmm. or a job or an opportunity an internship something so cutthroat when you get kind of diminished and diluted down to just those three bullet points that make it seem like your disadvantages are an advantage over others in a process when it's not true. Yeah. And I think it's really hard for people kind of to get over that. It is. It's, yeah. It's like my own experience. I think, I mean, you know, you get into your early decision school the day after I cried because it's like yeah. I had heard that some people were talking about, oh, she only got in because she was black. And it's like, again, like these experiences that are supposed to be like so exciting and so fun. But when you're a like a black person in a predominantly white and like and going to you, predominantly you have, white school, you're never you're never good enough. Like you've never fully proved your worth. Yeah, you're always fighting to prove that I am more than my labels. I'm uh-huh. more than just the black girl. I'm more and more and more. Like you don't see, like my is my are my grades not uh, up to standard? Like you don't like mm-hmm. my GPA is just as high as yours. Yeah. My ACT score is higher than yours. Yeah. There's reasons beyond uh-huh. that. I'm passionate about what I do. I care about the world. I do this and do that. Mm-hmm. But to you, all you see is my disability and my color. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got into the school. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's just – we kind of went off on a tangent. But that, that's like – But it's okay. It's like how, important to be That's sad. like how it affects It's people. like just like – I think that, like, we created this podcast, I guess, to kind of give insight into what it's like. And this is what it's like. Like, let me tell you. Like, it's it's hard. It's, yeah. It's the things that For should sure. be fun oftentimes aren't, you know? They're off because you – it's like you're always running, people don't chasing al- yeah, you're, after, yeah. after something that, like, respect or, mm-hmm. or validation that you'll never get. And, yeah, you'll never get. Um, one thing, But we'll get into that in another yeah, episode. Yeah, but also I wanted to talk about – from the intelligence point like oh this is not this is not nothing to do with college this is back to like when you think of intelligence do you also think of race so like 
um, my mom, she works in education, and, like, I grew up, she, and she grew up telling me, like, listen, like, teachers, when, like, they see you, you're, you have to be extra good, because they're automatically going to kind of assume you're going to be the misbehaved one. Like, the, you know, you have these, your parents have these conversations with their children. I mean, I've noticed myself being the only black person in AP class and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, like, the teacher assumes that you're going to be the, the sort of miscreant, you know, the, yeah. the knucklehead. Mm-hmm. Automatically. Automatically. And, you know, when you think of intelligence, you think of smarts, you think of advanced classes, such as AP classes. But then when you take a glance into an AP classroom, seeing only one black student mm-hmm. out of 32 kids, obviously that creates a, a connection in your mind sure. that black kids cannot be in that class um, before they're not oh my, smart. You know what? Let's talk about this for a second. So <laughs> one of the biggest one of the biggest issues with the reason why like black kids are so disadvantaged in the school system is because counselors do not push black kids to take high high level classes. Facts. I my, enti- my entire facts. my entire life I have been I my mom has had to beg fight. and fight to get me into the advanced math class. I came from the top private school in my state in Arizona and a very prestigious school, very advanced curriculum, but they didn't call things like honor piece, whatever. I had to fight to get into AP Lang junior year because they said, oh, you didn't take an honors English and stuff like that. Like just, you know, and, and it's just, it's the public school system continuously fails black continuously kids. Continuously fails black kids. And it's continuously it's fails just, black kids. It, it's so repetitive. And my mom, for example, she very smart black woman. She came from a you know, very white town. And like the fact that you have to like, sorry, I'm just like making a note right now. Oh, interesting. You keep like noting, like, I came from this type of school. Like my mom is this type of intelligence. Mm -hmm. Like and we keep having to like keep push this idea. We shouldn't have to do that. You're right. That's true. Anyway. That's something that a white kid like would never have to do. You're right. That's so true. Anyways. You are, oh my gosh. Sorry. So right. Because I'm trying to say my mom went to University of Southern California, which is a very good school. And that's so true. If any like, oh, white yeah. kid were saying, oh, my dad went to USC, like they would have to say, my dad's a very smart man. Don't worry. Like, can you imagine? That, like that. that would like, never happen. My mom, she went to USC, but basically when she was in high school, her, um, the guidance counselor was like, why would you even apply? Like was trying to like mm-hmm. not let her to apply to these top schools that she applied to. She applied to USC, Boston college, UVA, gone into all of them. Cause she's a smart woman, but you know, the expectation Great. is lower, you know, like mm-hmm. those that she was aiming too high for, to be a black right, woman right. in that, like that's in even that area. Like, that's even like what Michelle Obama was saying in her documentary. Yeah, exactly. Like, and when, when she I was, watched it with my mom, she was like, oh my gosh, she's like, I'm Michelle Obama. <laughs> and I, it's, it's an experience that I think yeah, practically every black kid can attest to. Yeah. yeah in some, for yeah, sure. Somewhere. In some capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next question was, do you sometimes deny your attraction to an individual because of their race? And when we mean attraction, uh, it's both like romantic relationships, as well as friendships, as well Mm -hmm. as just like any type of acquaintance. Mm -hmm. Um, 87% said no, but 13% said yes. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I said yes, because when I think I, you know, I have to, I have to be on, I have to be, I have to be honest with myself. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess I'm going to preface going, looking back, my very first introduction into 
romantic relationships you know you're in elementary school and your friends are shipping each other you know like you know and like oh like you and him would be cute you and him would be cute stuff like that and um I just kind of noticed like whenever my friends would be like oh you and him would be cute it was like oh as the only other black (laughs) person in the grade and it's like funny and it's like I didn't no it's not no no I know but like you know, you, you at the time, like, you don't really think about or think about how it yeah. affects you. I mean, you're, like, what, 11? Yeah, 10, no, nine. like, no, this is this is as early, like, I'm talking, like, fifth grade, this Six. started. And then, like, and, you know, for me, I've moved states a lot. I've, you know, and um, I'm I, everywhere I've gone. So I move and then it happens again. I'm shipped with the only other black in the grade. And it's just, like, I'm just, it gets to the point where it's confusing because I'm, like, I'm not even friends with him like you know what I mean it's like it doesn't even make it doesn't even make sense like lot like logically only reason is because we're both like like yeah no that's yeah like literally just because we're both black and and that messes someone up like I'm not gonna lie and so like for me like the the you know relationships I've had like I'm think like they've been with white guys and I think like I, you know, I honestly don't know. Maybe it's just like, is it to prove that I can? Is it to be like another F you to the people mm-hmm. who are like, oh, like you, you belong with the other only other black person. Like mm-hmm. that's that's like where you belong because we have to go mm-hmm. have to, you know, have relation, romantic relationships with the same race. And I think it's just so for some reason, it's so different than friendships, because like when you think about it, like to, like for me, friendships like you, I would never like not be friends like a black you know what I mean or like whatever like you know and I don't think it's true but but I think the friendship thing when you were saying like if I had a few if I was a few shades darker darker, that's true friends or or like like or or like I know this is terrible to say but some people might like want to meet a certain quota regarding like the racial demographic of their friend group being like oh like we need a black friend or like Mm. don't anymore like we have enough people I like I know these are things that people like won't openly admit and I don't think they're prominent at all I don't think it's like a common thing yeah but it just have to be like I'm not friends with you because you're white but so I think that's also something to consider but when you're talking about romantic relationships something that as uh, somebody a girl with a little with some melanin (laughs) um kind of always thinking like oh would he does he like girls of color like what like who are his past Uh like relationships with what do they look like and though that may be true like in other aspects of like somebody's um, physicality or like attractiveness um it's definitely something that black girls have to yeah it's and black guys it's, yeah, a it's a different it's different it's different than some, i think than... but here's the thing even when you're comparing black girls to black guys it's like because you know i you know there's like a, a research done by like on like dating apps like black women are the least desired group because you know there is like the white girls with the black like you see that all the time and i think something else to bring up while we're talking about this is as hallie was saying forever and ever as long as I can remember being like shipped with somebody was kind of like you were always kind of put together with the other black boy in the grade mm-hmm. or like and the only thing you had in common with him was the, was the fact that you're black yeah the only yeah. thing you had and it in almost makes you person. it almost makes you resent any sort of relationship that you could have like 
the term that I I despise with everything in my heart mm-hmm. is jungle fever. Yeah. Oh. When yeah. white girls kind of are like, haha, like I have jungle fever. Like ah, I'm so crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm so goofy. Like ah, jungle like, fever. Like he's so hot. Like for jungle fever. First of all, jungle fever. Think about it. He's not Tarzan just because issue. he's black. And I'm also so the fact that it's fever. It's like an illness. Something you get over. Need to be cured yeah. from. Yeah. Like it's or, or, like so you need to be cured. Or, like it's abnormal. That term is so problematic. In so disgusting. Like for me, it's like there are people who won't, won't, won't even consider me because of my race. It doesn't matter, like if you like you think I'm like yeah. awesome or like I'm pretty or whatever or anything like that or like all these great qualities. Like, like for you, it's not, it's yeah. not like that. Like I, for me, oh, it's I heartbreaking. So- a guy can think that you are like a goddess sent straight from heaven or something, but mm-hmm. they could, they they can't imagine themselves or they can't get over. The fact that ye, they would be with a black girl yeah. or they would be in an interracial relationship or, or like, like that. I don't, and it might not be explicit. Like they might not be like, oh, I don't want to be with a black girl. Uh-huh. It just might be like the way they've been conditioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where implicit bias takes form, where you could not like imagine yourself with another person just because of their race. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that concludes the poll that we put up on our Instagram the other day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for participating if you did. Yes, thank you. Take a look at those questions again if you want and kind of with with the kind of the background of what we had to say um, in the back of your mind. Maybe you might have different answers this time. Go through it if you want. Um, but that's all we had yeah, for today's episode. We kind of so this is like gonna be more of the format that we'll have for future our episodes. podcast, future episodes. Um and we're really excited about it. Definitely. We're sorry. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. I'm done being apologetic. We got a little passionate because that's just the way we are. Yeah, I'm not sorry. I feel actually like- no, I don't think we were passionate. like I, I think we were vibrant. <laughs> no, because, like, I, you know, I've just always wanted, I've just always felt these things, and I've just always, like, wanted to explain them to my peers, you know? Yeah. And I've never had the opportunity to. So if, like, things that were a little, pills that were a little hard to swallow ended up, you know, coming out, like, then that's, so be it, you know? That's true. That's true. And again, if you have any like questions, comments, or concerns, mm-hmm. you just want to like have a conversation with us about this, we are so completely open to doing so that. Open. As you can see, we like to talk, talk a lot, talk too much. To talk um, too much. <laughs> so yeah, reach out to us. Our Instagram again is talk too much with two H's podcast. Um, we have new episodes every Sunday at five for this summer. And we hope um, you enjoy. We do hope you enjoy. All right. Bye. Bye.